On today's show, we'll preview the Yankees Cardinal series because wouldn't you know it, the Yankees traded Jordan Montgomery on Tuesday and now they're facing him this weekend. Frankie Montes will be making his Yankees debut in St. Louis on Sunday, no pressure. Plus, I have some thoughts about Joey Gallo's exit from the Yankees because some people have had things to say and I have things to say. And we're going to have some fun with numbers, although once you hear them, you won't think they're very fun. We're going to talk about whether we should be concerned about the Yankees going forward. So get ready, because a new Locked on Yankees starts now. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm joined by my co-host, Abby Mastracco. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on every platform. And you can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yankees Cardinals this weekend. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of storylines happening. We can watch the best fans in baseball Twitter account. That's right. That's right. (laughs) If you're not familiar with that, it's unhinged. Yes, it is is so. Yeah. Um, In case you don't know, in case you're not as online as we are, there is a Twitter account about the best fans in baseball, St. Louis Cardinals, because the Cardinals love to the fans love to call themselves the best fans in baseball. Yes. and uh yeah it, it's it's actually very funny um it's unhinged that's, that's yeah. the only way that i know how to or, like i'm going to use the word now like a fourth or fifth time it is unhinged um <laughs> it's yeah and if you're not as online as stacy and i like don't be because um yeah, really. you'll save yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah it's better for your mental health if you're not as yeah. <laughs> online as we are honestly um yankees had a, a much needed day off yesterday. I think uh, Yankee fans would agree that we all needed a day off yesterday. Um, although it was boring, honestly. You know, last night felt like the longest night ever. At 9.15, I thought it was 1.15 in the morning. Like, it was just, what is happening here? You know, as much as I love when the Yankees have off days, when they actually have one, I find myself getting bored with everything. <laughs> it just... I ended up... Wor- I actually ended because up working the Yankees out last night. Off day, there's nothing for you to complain about. Right. Right. That's what you like. You don't know what to do when you're not complaining about the Yankees. And when you and when you have nothing to worry about, you worry about everything else. Right. Right. I mean, I ended up working out last night at 10 p.m. Like what? Oh, I do that a lot. Yeah. I love it. I actually love a night workout. Yeah, it helped me sleep. I slept for six straight hours. I was like, mm, maybe I should start doing this more often because uh, I haven't slept six straight hours in about a year and a half. So I was, when I woke up this morning, I was like, whoa. Well, I think I need to do this more often. Of course, um, I had to turn the light off because I don't want my neighbor seeing me on the bike because it's embarrassing. So <laughs> I did it in the dark. <laughs> I don't know. Other people like showing off their Peloton bike. I'm like, I don't need people to know that I have it. You know, I don't want people breaking into my house trying to steal it. So, yeah, I did the workout in the dark. It was pretty funny. And with the screen, like, 
the brightness shut down too. So I could see, but barely. And it was, uh, it was quite an interesting experience. So Yankees, Cardinals, they're in St. Louis. That's why they had the off day. They had to travel to the middle of the country. And the Cardinals are red hot coming into this weekend. And they're tied with the Brewers for the AL Central lead. And, you know, with a good weekend against the Yankees, they can take the lead. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10, and they've won 10 straight. Not 10 straight, 4 straight. On the flip side, your Yankees are sputtering because they've lost 2 out of 3 to the Mariners. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They're 18-18 18 and 18 in their last 36. This sounds familiar. <laughs> They're no longer on their 120 win pace, which we all knew was going to happen. But as I said on yesterday's show... I really hope the Yankees aren't taking to heart the whole, well, they started off really great, so if, even if they, you know, do 500 the rest of the season, they'll still be fine. Even my brother sent me a text today and said, hey, you know, um, even if they finish in this place or this place, they're still guaranteed a playoff spot. And I said, yeah, but I would rather them be the number one seed first in the AL East and have home field advantage. So let's not Yankees and say we did going into this. <laughs> Okay. It's going to be okay. Like uh, the Yankees can play hot. They're going to have to play hot teams. Right. You're going to have to accept that. I know, but I would like for the Yankees to be a hot team again. That's <laughs> yes, I know. I'm and like for. we talked about yesterday, the Yankees have to start beating good teams. Yeah. yeah. Cause they were, beating. they were in the beginning of the season, they were beating everyone, good teams, bad teams. And now it's kind of like, Oh, they're having a little trouble here. At least they're still beating the bad teams because that was a problem that they had in 2021 when they couldn't beat the Orioles. So they got over that hump, but now they need to get back over the hump of, you know, because for a while they had the best record against um, over 500 teams. I haven't looked at it recently, but it was one of the best ones in the majors. So the first matchup tonight Nestor Cortez against Dakota Hudson. Cortez has a 2.53 ERA, and that's in 106 and two-third innings. And he has 111 strikeouts in those 106 and two-third innings. And his last three starts, he's only allowed three earned runs, and that is over 18 innings overall. You know, he had that bit of a blip, and he's gotten back to not being the Nestor Cortez he was at the beginning of the season because that was insane and no one was expecting that pace, just like the Yankees, to keep up. But he is definitely their most reliable starter at this point. Yes. <laughs> accurate. Yeah. More reliable, more reliable than Cole, which he was for the first month and a half of the season, and he's back to being more reliable than Garrett Cole. As for Dakota Hudson, in 19 starts, 101 innings, he has a 410 ERA. His walk to strikeout ratio is 44 walks and 54 strikeouts, so that is not very good. And his FIP, which is fielding independent pitching, is way higher than his 410. It's 462, which is not good. He doesn't strike out a lot of batters. And, you know, the Yankees could be tough on him. They've never faced, he's never faced them. And sometimes they like feasting on guys who were like that. Sometimes. We'll see. Because if it was the Yankees in the beginning of the season, I would be like, oh yeah, they're going to be great. But the Yankees of the last 53 games, and we'll get into those numbers in segment three, Oh, boy. I don't really have that much faith. But I, I expect Nestor Cortez to be okay. 
Now, Saturday's matchup, <laughs> that's the interesting one. Domingo Herman against Jordan Montgomery. So Jordan Montgomery gets traded from the Yankees, the only team he's known his entire career, and now he has to face them on Saturday against Domingo Herman, the guy that most Yankee fans wanted to see gone, but is still here for obvious reasons. Um, I don't think the Yankees could have unloaded Domingo Herman for anyone. Um, after his first start against Houston, he allowed five runs in three innings. He's done pretty well. He's only given up four in nine and two-thirds, and that was against the Mets and the Mariners, and those are two pretty good teams. So that's actually a good sign from Herman. And his walk-to-K ratio is ew, <laughs> six walks to ten strikeouts, which isn't a great ratio. And, you know, tomorrow's another strong lineup for him. So everyone will see what Domingo Herman is made of tomorrow against the Cardinals. But that's three, four rough um, starts for him. I mean, you start him off with Houston, then the Mets, then the Mariners, and now the Cardinals. Like, these are no teams to sneeze at. You know, he didn't get a royal start. So, yeah, this is a test for Domingo Herman. And in the last couple of outings, he's actually passed it. So, more than I expected. Okay. <laughs> How are you feeling about it overall? I mean, like I said, I expected him to get beaten up by the Mets, and the fact that he only gave up two runs was a minor miracle. So um, if the offense shows up, if they can actually hit against Montgomery, which should be interesting to see, Montgomery overall, 3.69 ERA, but in his last seven starts, he had a 5.25 ERA. And, you know, he was having some issues because he had that run where he was doing really well, but the offense wasn't backing him up. It took him how long to get his first win of the year because the offense just wouldn't score for him. And then he sputtered a bit. And I don't know, like, this is like one of those, ooh, a guy is pitching against his old team. Maybe there's a chip on his shoulder because, as we said yesterday, he was in absolute shock. One, when he found out he was traded. Two, when he found out who he was traded for. <laughs> and the condition in which the player is in, you know. So uh, Saturday, you know how we always talk about there's a marquee matchup in these series? Saturday is the marquee matchup in this series. Okay. Yeah. And then Sunday, Frankie Montas, who was on the bereavement list because his mother-in-law passed away. He will be making his first start against the Cardinals on Sunday against Adam Wainwright, who I can't believe is still pitching. Yep. <laughs> And it's funny how I say that because he's like eight years younger than me. But, you know, being a 40-year-old in Major League Baseball and pitching and pitching to a 3.11 ERA in 21 starts with 130 and one-third innings on that arm is pretty impressive, I have to say. Especially since, like, he's so tall. He's, like, what, 6'5"? Oh, no, I'm looking at He's 6'7". He's taller than I thought. Um, yeah. The big guys tend to break down a little bit easier. Right. Right. But he has really sort of captured some sort of um, youthful essence there. And um, I would like to know what it is because I want it. Right. <laughs> me too. Him and Justin Verlander. Like, tell me yeah. what the secret is, guys. And then Montas is, let's see, in 104. Excuse me. My brother will get so mad that I said that. In 104 and two-third innings, he has struck out 109 batters. He has a 318 ERA. 
He missed a couple of starts in July because his right shoulder was inflamed, but he's now healthy and ready to go. And we can say he was the Yankees' biggest trade acquisition at the deadline. So, um, as I said in the open, no pressure for Frankie Montas. And especially, you know, it's the third game of the series. Who knows how the first two go? It could be one of those situations where the Yankees lose the first two, and he has to be the one to prevent a sweep. So, yeah, no pressure on you, Frankie Montas. Um, in a moment, I have thoughts about Joey Gallo's exit from the Yankees. Not his actual exit, but the response to his exit, because there were some Oh, there's some interesting commentary, and I have commentary of my own, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Their bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. They're the original online jeweler since 1999. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, online jeweler Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. If it's not perfect, no problem. There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And if you need that special purchase, Fast, in most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight. Every order is insured, and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now, the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. So shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on every platform. Okay, the Joey Gallo discourse. Ooh, this was interesting. You've been waiting for this. I have. And I've been trying to gather my thoughts because it's, oh God, there's so much. Um, I'll start by saying this. I'm very disappointed it didn't work out for Joey Gallo. And... I didn't have visions of him hitting, you know, 45 home runs with the Yankees, but I had visions of, you know, more than 12, let's say, yeah. this season. Um, he did a Q&A, and he was very honest in this Q&A, which I found so refreshing mm -hmm. because so many baseball players are guarded with good reason, and we found out why after this came out because people are just, oh. They're just not nice, really. Um, so he did a Q&A on the eve of the trade deadline, and it was with Randy Miller of um, NewJersey.com. Yeah. and My former colleague. Right. And it was really interesting how open Joey Gallo was about how he struggled in New York. And the thing that bothers me is people are twisting this into making it sound that like he was whining about it when he was just being honest about his experience. Because from what I read in the Q&A, I didn't think he was whining. He was just telling it as it is. That seems to be the narrative, that he was whining and yeah, complaining. Yeah, but like, I don't understand why Northeast fans think that everybody's whining every time somebody talks, like, 
whether it's a complaint or whether they're expressing some sort of displeasure, Northeast fans just turn that into like, oh, you're whining. You're what? No, he's like very clearly he's upset that he couldn't perform for you guys. Right. He's and he like he's feeling this. He wouldn't leave his apartment. Like yeah. that's not there's nobody there's no whining. Like he we all go through some ups and downs depending on things in our lives and when our jobs aren't going well, yeah, it's hard. Like you can't tell me that like if your job's not going well, you go home and you like it doesn't affect you at home. Right. You know, like it does. And this is a bit, this is, he's in, he's in us under a microscope here. This is the biggest spotlight in sports or in North American sports, at least. Really? It's yeah. Biggest spotlight in North American sports. And he has, he feels so much pressure to perform and he's not, and he's getting booed off the field. I Like, look, I don't think that fans should be doing that anyway. I think that's like, I mean, look, I don't say that fans can't express their displeasure, but like booing your own, right. um, I think it's become like too prevalent. You don't have to blindly support the team no matter what. I'm not asking you to do that. Trust me, I covered the Mets. I don't think you need blind support. I think it's good to point out things that you think the team isn't doing right or the team is doing that you, you don't like. Um, but in this case... I don't, I didn't see that as a whiny interview and maybe it's because I have talked to Gallo a little bit before. So like, I do know sort of his like tone. He genuinely wanted to perform for Yankees fans and felt that he let them down. Right. And I just thought it, it was, I mean, reading that interview, I was sad for him. Yeah. I was very sad for him and he understands who he is as a player and he's a three, two outcomes player. Apparently that's not like, you know, New York doesn't want that, but that's right. who he always is. And, and yeah, the home runs didn't come quite as much as they did in Texas for him. I talked to a scout and he thinks maybe um, he wasn't making as much contact. And I mean, the shift is always the shift. Like that's there too. Right. But um, I, I mean, I've told this story on the podcast before last year when he came, when he got, when he was traded and he had a couple bad games and then he was playing in front of Yankee fans for the first time Um he was in the batting cage or he was in, he was taking BP and he was like talking to himself and he was like very clearly like angry and upset with himself. And I was standing there with Susan Waldman and we were like, Oh my God, this poor guy. And he was, he really felt a ton of pressure coming to this pressure cooker of a market. Right. And when he didn't succeed, he withdrew and he, it, it was very difficult for him. And I just don't think that that's whiny. Like that's, he's being can't, what, what would you rather him say? Like, Oh, screw you fans. Like you, you know, you're being mean to me. Like, but no, that's, that's how they're twisting it. That's how that a lot of them be, are twisting it. That would be whiny. If Joey Gallo said, these are the worst fans in baseball booing me like that. How dare they? That would be an oversensitive person whining that was, you know, Javi Baez last year, we're doing the stupid thumbs down thing with the Mets. Right. That's whiny. Right. That's whiny. This was just Joey Gallo saying, I did not perform well. I felt a lot of pressure and I let people down and I feel genuinely bad about that. And yeah. I'm not doing well mentally because I'm not doing well at work. I also don't like how Yankee fans twist it into a character flaw that a guy can't make it in New York. <laughs> they do it to everyone who can't make it in New York. They make it 
Yeah, the fans said that about me too when I moved here from LA. And guess what? I'm still here five and a half years later and I have no plans to go anywhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There was a there was a tweet from Peter Rosenberg, um, one of Michael Kay's co-hosts, who basically was like, you know, um, here, actually I'll pull it up because I, I had an adverse reaction to it. And, you know, um, he said, listen, I felt bad for Joey Gallo. Fans here are tough, but real Michael Kay was absolutely right. Gallo was terrible as a player, and his whining on the way out the door was not a good move. So even the radio guys are saying he was whining, but he wasn't whining. Why is everyone looking at this as... I can't. Um, it, this was absolutely not whiny, and I, and I think this is maybe why athletes do um, sort of... They put their guard up. Right. They don't want to show you who they are, and you, and, you know... Fans complain that like they want to see who this person is like off the field. Well, this is why they don't want to look, they don't really want you to see who they are sometimes because you twist everything. Yeah. No, I'm not saying you as in, you know, I'm I, the collective it, you. It, yeah. And like, look, my job is to be the bridge from the, the team to the fans. Mm -hmm. I am writing about the team to the fans to inform them of what is going on, educate them, entertain them. But in order for that to work, there's got to be a relationship with the player and the fans as well. There's going to be a relationship with the reporter and the player and the and the fans and the player. And this was obviously a bad relationship and it was difficult for Joey Gallo to open up like that. But he did. And then fans just took that and wanted to twist it. Right. That's like, come on, really? Right. But I also feel like the media guys are fanning the fire by also saying, oh, yes, yeah, he was whining. You're right. I think that's completely unnecessary. Yeah. And um, I do get that, like, that is, look, New York drive-by radio. That's what happens. Yeah. My dad was a radio guy. You know, I saw, I, granted, it was a much different market. He was a radio guy in Sacramento, but the Kings were everything there. And you get listeners when you, when you have some spicy takes on the local team, you know? Right. I saw this all the time growing up. And I think maybe that's why I didn't go into radio specifically. I wanted to tell stories about athletes. I wanted to tell stories about the human side of athletes and to get them to open up. There's got to be a relationship with me and there's got to be a relationship with the fans. And clearly this was not a good relationship with Joey Gallo and Yankee fans. And I, I just think it's a really unfortunate ending and the fans that are um, twisting this into a narrative that they think fits their own should take a step back and uh, understand that it's not easy to play in this market and um, maybe have a little bit of compassion for a baseball player who is kind of going through it right now. Because I think if you were going through a hard time, you'd want somebody to have compassion for you. Exactly. Yep. That's all we're going to say about that. We know Joey Gallo was bad here. You see his numbers. He tried. It didn't work out. He's with the Dodgers. We wish him well. He already has a beard. Unbelievable. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because I was wondering about Jordan Montgomery. I'm like, can he even grow a beard? Because he looks like he can't. <laughs> but he can. I saw a picture of him with his fiance, and he had a full beard. And I was like, oh, Jordan Montgomery can grow facial hair. So I don't it's think he'll man. have it by tomorrow. But I think within the next couple of weeks, if you see footage of Jordan Montgomery on the Cardinals, you will see a beard there. So in a moment, we're going to look at some scary numbers <laughs> uh, for the Yankees, and we'll talk about um, 
what we can expect in the future or hope to expect in the future. And speaking of that, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I... (laughs) I kind of marketed this as fun with numbers, but these numbers are not fun. They're not fun. I don't like numbers at all. Numbers are not fun to me. I went to journalism school because I was told there would be no math. Right. That's kind of why I did the broadcast journalism uh, end of things and why I graduated with a broadcasting degree in the Stone Ages. Because, yeah, (laughs) same. Um, (laughs) Let's go through this first. This is something that my friend posted in our Yankee Slack. I don't know where he found it, but for the first 53 games, this is the Yankees pitching staff. Innings per start, they were second in the majors. ERA first, FIP first, K rate second, walk rate first, meaning they surrendered the least amount of walks, not the most. Um, Home run per nine first, Home run, fly ball, second. Barrels, second, meaning not a lot of people were hitting barrels against them. Their opposition's WOBA, 257, which was first. And their war, 7.4, first. That's the first 53 games. In the last 53 games, innings per start, 15th. They dropped from second to 15th. ERA, they dropped from first to 21st. The ERA went from 2.54 to 4.47. Their FIP went from 298 to 4.52, which puts them at 24th in the league. Now, the K rate dropped from second to fifth, so that's not that bad. And the walk also from first to seventh, which isn't great, but still not as bad as these other numbers. Home runs per nine. They went from first in the league to 29th in the league. <laughs> I just sounded like the Pillsbury Doughboy. From <laughs> home run home run fly ball went from second to 30th. They're the worst in the league. <laughs> they went from 18, no, excuse me, 8.8% to 17.1% of fly balls turning into home runs. Barrels went from second to fifth, also not too bad, but still, that's a drop. The opponent's WOBA went from first to 20th. It's 327. And the pitcher's war in the last 53 games, 1.8, otherwise known as 25th in the league. So if you're not watching on YouTube, I'm basically, they're falling off a cliff. They're falling off a cliff. Um, This is so similar to 2020 and 2021 where they were hot and then cold and hot and then cold. And it's been a long streak of not doing so well. And um, they need to snap out of it, as Cher would say in Moonstruck. This this was eye opening for me. I knew the numbers had dropped off. We've been watching the games and we've been watching the results of the game, but or the games. But seeing it in that context, 
is jarring. Yeah, that's why, uh, I mean, you don't win the World Series in the first half of the in the first half of the season. I mean, um, not to we always knew that we bad, always but... we always knew they'd cool off a little bit. I don't know. Sure. I don't think I thought they'd cool off this drastically. Right. But you know, they made some nice additions recently. So let's see how Montes Trevino pan out. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know. I think. It's only going to take one or two good games to get them going again. Right. But I'm going back to what I said yesterday and what I said earlier today. They have to start beating good teams. Yep. This is a yep. pretty crucial stretch with St. Louis and Seattle again. Mets next week. Rays, Jays. The whole month is pretty much tough until tough, until yeah. the A's in Anaheim. But that's tough because it's they're going out to the West Coast. And you still got to face Trout Notani. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, they always play on the West Coast on my birthday because they played Oakland on my birthday last year, too. And it's like, why? I don't want to. I'm getting old. I don't want to have to stay up till one in the morning watching these games. Come on. Now, the second fun with numbers we're going to talk about. This player is batting 223, 344, 320, which works out to a 665 OPS for 2022. In his last seven days, he's batting. Zero zero zero, with an 091 on base percentage. Obviously, his slugging is also zero, which means his OPS is 091. <laughs> last 14 days, 128, 209, 128. And his last 28 days, 188, 333, 250. That's his slugging percentage. It is Mr. Aaron Hicks. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, he's always been kind of streaky. Yeah. And it's funny because I sent those numbers. My brother and I were having a text exchange this morning, and I sent it to him. And I said, guess who this is? And at first he guessed it was Andrew Benintendi. And I said, it's Hicks. And he's like, oh, he's, he, he actually typed, oh, duh, I was complaining about him the other night. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, to, true to the brand on that Gautzulius family over there. Yes, yes. Uh, we complain. We can't help it. Gus. You know, my dad, born in the Bronx, bred in the Bronx. Although, you know, to be fair, Gus was born in 1941. So when he was a kid, he saw amazing Yankee teams. I mean, my God, my, my grandmother or my yaya, because Greek, would pack a lunch for him and he would go to the bleachers because it was like 10 cents to get into the bleachers in the late 40s, early 50s. And when I think about the players that he saw in the late 40s, early 50s, my mind just is blown by who they are. And he said to me, when I was in my 20s, I was talking about it. He said, yeah, but Stace, you know, if you have kids, you can tell them about Jeter and Moe and Pettit and all these other guys that you saw win a bunch of championships. And I was like, yeah. I don't have kids. I tell my cats though, but I don't tell my kids. So, <laughs> like I so many millennials, like so many millennials. Although yeah, I think you're Gen X. I am Gen like X. So yeah. many millennials. We chose not to have kids and have animals instead. Well, I didn't choose to have animals instead. I I, I have roommates though. Does that count? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but those numbers are frightening. Um, do I think the Yankees are going to pick things up a bit? Yes, they're not going to play at the same pace that they played in the beginning of the season. But this. August is their true test. We went through the schedule. This is their test. If they can't make it past this, then yeah, your dreams of them winning a World Series are not, it's not happening. So, you know, just deal with it. Um, 
It's just annoying. Oh, God. Not that I had high hopes, because you know me. I always was like, eh, something's going to happen. Something's going to drag them down to something. And as I said yesterday... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna refer to it as the curse of Jordan Montgomery yet. But you know, if they get swept by the Cardinals, I will. So, look out for Monday and see how I react to how the series against the Cardinals goes. <laughs> and if anything happens, like if there's any like special need for me to go on YouTube, like if I need to rant about something, I might I need to rant about something. I might because uh, one, I have fun doing it. Two. People like seeing me angry for some reason. And, you know, it, it, it could be fun for me to rant. And it's tough for me to rant without cursing. So, uh, so yeah, Yankees, Cardinals, three games. We get to see Jordan Montgomery in a Cardinals uniform against Domingo Herman. We get to see Frankie Montas in his Yankees debut. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Abby and I would like to remind you that you can listen to this show on every podcasting platform available. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube, like and comment, click the bell so you know when our videos go up. And if you're looking for something else to listen to after you listen to our show, why not listen to Locked On MLB? Make your second listen of the day, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So, enjoy your weekend. Go Yankees, and we'll talk to you on Monday.